Hey, Curtis. Hey, Oz. What do you got for us this week? This week we have The Lord of the Rings meets <laughs> Labyrinth crossed with Meet the Feebles. <laughs> this, week's, feebles. this week's movie, The Dark Crystal. <laughs> Meet the Feebles. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, welcome back, listeners and viewers, to another week. Let's talk about <laughs> oh, the podcast where we take a monthly theme and take turns bringing a movie to satisfy the theme. I'm one of your hosts, Oz. And I'm Curtis. And we are tackling episode 32 The Dark Crystal. This is. June, which the theme, of course, this month is <laughs> creepy movies for kids. Meet the Feebles is not one of those movies. No, for your no, kids. it's not. I will say I had another. I had another movie yeah, marriage yeah, lined up. I, I want to hear the, your other in movie the, in the hopper. It still starts with Lord of the Rings because this movie uh-huh. is a complete Lord of the Rings send up. Um, oh yeah, but Lord of the Rings meets the Muppets crossed with Furbies. That would work. You yes. know, you could throw a Fraggle Rock in there. Yes, you I, I had Fraggle Rock uh, as a possibility yeah. as well. I even threw in. I, I uh, obviously, you know, the um, the Lord of the Rings is. I mean, right there in front of you. But yeah. I felt this this movie had a ve- had a very much a Zelda Breath of the Wild feel to it as well. Sure, I could see that. Willow was another just, one I considered. Yeah, yeah, just a you know, kind of a, a uh, just a journey. You know, a, yeah. A, you know, just any kind of journey film. Yeah. Um, the, the, just the, the noun journey, not the band journey. Yes. Uh, don't want to confuse people. <laughs> Steve I just, Barry. <laughs> I was listening to separate ways on repeat as I was watching this movie. Right. right. <laughs> Although I would admit separate ways video with Jim Henson's Muppets would be pretty That sweet. Yes. Yeah. With, with the, with the, with the legs and the high heels walking across the pier. <laughs> And the, the air could, keyboard. Yeah, I could see Meeker <laughs> playing the air keyboard. <laughs> as as the uh, the old guys in the in the, right. the theater box. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a separate ways done with done with Jim Henson's <laughs> Love it. So, all right. Oh, uh, yeah. Like we said, we've got Dark Crystal before we. Before we get there, I want to give a shout out to Don S., our Patreon subscriber. Uh, thank you again, Don, for your, your monthly patronage. If you'd like to jump on board, you can find the link down below to support the show. And we've got some fun little throwaways. Mention your name, some bonus episodes, etc. Uh, if you decide to support. And if not, we still love you checking us out. So thank you for that. Me, not so much, but I'm glad no. that you <laughs> No, no, no. Your your hatred for all three gratuitous is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Yeah, there's no... This is not a socialist outfit. This is I've all... seen you... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen you yell at, at, like, restaurant servers for thanking you for... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. you don't leave a tip, and then they thank you anyway, and then you yeah. just yell at them. Like, no. It's, that's how capitalism works, folks. I do not want support <laughs> in any Mm-mm. way, shape, or form. Uh, so, so Dark Crystal, let's get uh, characters here. First of all, I think yeah. we should probably let the viewers at home, viewers and listeners know that if you are not familiar with the Dark Crystal, uh, it was 82. 1982. 1982. Jim Hetson, uh, yep. Frank Oz... 
dream yes. project, really. Yeah, um, for, 40 years ago as of uh, the creation of this episode. And so, uh, you know, and it's all puppetry. Like, um, there are no, you see no humans on, on the, in the movie at all. Well, I will say, um, you see, I think you see some stunt performers. You do. In, in, in some you of the do. wide shots, but there are no. Right, but, but they're yes. still in costumed form. They're yes. not, you know, there are no human beings in the cast. Um, and so speaking of the cast of characters, I'm going to do my best here. You got uh, the characters a, this week, guys. There's, there's a lot going on. We lead with our hero, I suppose mm-hmm. you could say, Jen, sure. uh, who is a gelf, uh, gelfling. Uh, Jen is a male gelfling. Um, and on his journey, which you'll get to, he meets up another of our characters in their tag team here, Kira, uh, who is a female gelfling. And we know she's a female because she has wings. <laughs> yeah, and because her hair is a lighter color. That's true. Uh, they both, uh, Jen especially, very much has that Matt Damon look to him of <laughs> puppetry. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we've got these two. Uh, another character we pick up along the way, and I thought she was going to be kind of a one-off, she shows up later, is Agra. Yeah. Uh, a keeper of secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we also have a... the. The good guys, all right. So the Gelflings are the good guys. I can't think of the name. What 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 did they call the group of like, the like the like, turtle people that like the, the make the journey? So the Mystics. The Mystics. There yes. you go. Yeah. Yep. You're right. I think so it's the, the, Mystics, the, ba- the baseball furies. That's the name of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are no humans though, so it's baseball furies in puppet form. Yeah. <laughs> which I would also watch the Warriors if it were cast with Jim <laughs> puppets. Uh, and so. <laughs> Excuse me. The mystics of the Gelflings make up the good guys. Anyway, we've got the Skeksis, the bad guys of the mm-hmm. movie, um, and really the, like the only like individualized Skeksis that really pops out by name is Chamberlain, uh, who kind of <laughs> plays kind of plays a kind of an anti-hero, sort uh, of with his own agenda. Sort of. Yeah, he definitely has his own agenda, but he, uh, you know, he he's. An interesting character, you know. Mm. <laughs> He's an interesting one. And then the last character I have down is just Fizzgig. <laughs> why not? Which, well, why not? He's just a friendly monster. He's yeah. just like a screaming hairy meatball. Uh, it's really, <laughs> it's like the inspiration for critters. Is is pretty much what Fizzgig is. <laughs> or uh, uh, and that's it for characters. If there's any you want to mm-hmm. add, any what? Any, I was just saying, it kind of reminds get, me of uh, the char- Was it the character from Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Oh yeah, like <laughs> I don't even remember what the character's name. name is. Yeah, I don't either. Meatwad or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the the talking meatball guy. Yeah. So, that's Fizzgig with a haircut, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's really. I mean, did that's, you have any other characters you want to? No. Yeah. I mean, there's no, you know there's there's, there's, the, there's the Skeksis and the Mystics and yeah the Gel- yeah like whatever you know you yeah, really only exactly. need to know a couple of them. Right. And you know, really, just Jen and Kira. Yeah, that's about the only two that you need to know. Yeah, so and some and some bad guys, right? Skeksis, yeah. just by name, bunch of like turtle bird. Yeah, it's like like a it's like if a vulture fell into the ooze yeah. instead of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I, I that's that's a good explanation for it. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know teenage mutant ninja vultures. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so that's all I've got for characters. That's the characters. You know, uh, take us, take us, sir, 
Curtis, on this mm-hmm. journey through the plot of the Dark Crystal. Yes, <laughs> the Dark Crystal, Breath of the Wild. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, this week, uh, this week it's my movie. So I got the plot here. We start with a voiceover narration, just kind of a generic. You know, the land was good until the crystal cracked. The Skeksis. <laughs> the land turned sour. Exactly. I was thinking that as well. <laughs> I was. I was also. You drove through the green place. What? <laughs> you know, I I almost put in my comment that the um, the like the stilted like racer things that they yeah. were on later in the movie they reminded me of the person like on stilts of the, the, the green place. Yeah, there you go. When yeah. it wasn't, yeah, of course, there green was, anymore. Yeah, yeah that was they the drove land. by at night. Yeah, the land striders. I yeah, the they reminded creatures. Yeah. They, they reminded me of that of, from Fury Road. So <laughs> A lot of parallels. Oh, and, right. And before we get past it, uh, happy mm-hmm. birthday, Keith David. The day of recording right now, yes. June 5th, Keith David's birthday. So mm-hmm. there you go. Happy birthday, KD. There's nobody else uh, I would rather voice uh, an animated cat than Keith nope. David. Nope. Well, Bill Murray as Garfield did all right, but still. <laughs> did you, do you have any regrets? Oh, well, Garfield. <laughs> right. It was the wrong Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta really pay attention there. So we, we get introduced to the landscape, the cruel Skeksis, the gentle mystics. The Skeksis are in control. They're kind of gathered around this big crystal, which they kind of worship. The Skeksis emperor is dying. And so the rest of them, these vulture-like ooze creatures, are kind of vying to become the new emperor. Uh, we also then get introduced to the mystics, and their leader is also dying because, as it turns out, there's um, for I guess for every Skeksis, there's like a parallel mystic. So like if one is harmed, then like its like parallel partner is also harmed. So if one dies, then its like partner also dies. Whatever. Makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of things in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> especially when that when when the like the Emperor Skeksis dies and he like totally went like Ashy Larry on us. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> just he, he get that guy some lotion because he just crumbled. <laughs> he did. He did crumble apart. Yeah, uh, we get introduced to Jen, uh, our lead character, the Gelfing, uh, supposedly the last of his kind, as as he's been told. Uh, he his family were killed by Skeksis. Uh, he was raised by the lead mystic, the wise mystic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then they have a moment, and then that leader dies, as does his parallel right. Emperor Skeksis. So the Skeksis are all about trying to claim that power vacuum, and Jen's just sad. But before the lead mystic dies, he tells Jen that you, know, you have a quest that you have to take on. You have to find Augura, <laughs> because she has the shard and all the secrets. I feel like every '80s movie had a quest. Yeah, <laughs> like two like two thirds of the movies had the word "quest" in the title. Yeah, <laughs> you got Superman Four, Quest for Peace. You have That's the movie The, the I Quest. I th- yes. I think Will Wheaton is in The Quest. Uh, yeah, it just feels like there's there's the quest for Red October. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Vision <laughs> Quest with Matthew Modine. Um, they, I think there was Die a- Hard Two, Quest Harder. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Quest. That's right, mm-hmm. Quest of <laughs> Quest of Khan, <laughs> the, bre- uh, the Breakfast Quest. <laughs> yeah, so many. So uh, the Garbage <laughs> Pail Movie Quest. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage Pail Movie <laughs> Quest. <laughs> <laughs> so, like all eight, just about all eighties movies had quests. The they, they, they almost all of them did. Yeah. 
That's so, there's except, there's our through line, except Cobra. Like still except Cobra. Cobra. That was the only movie made in the eighties <laughs> that did not have the movie Quest in the title. I I can't think of any others, and mm-hmm. I'm a film fan, so if I can't think of one, it there just isn't any. <laughs> Comment down below if you could think of an eighties movie. Any eighties movie that doesn't have the word Quest in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've yet to start that in our thirty-two episodes of like. Comment down below what you think. <laughs> Nightmare Be sure to Elm hit Street. like, subscribe. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy's, Freddy's Quest Warriors. Freddy's Quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> we could keep going, but it's, you know, we only have so much time here. <laughs> That's true. Bonus episode. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, if you, if you Patreon for the $6 tier, you'll just get 10 minutes of us <laughs> inserting the word Quest just, into every 80s movie, except Cobra. That's right. Except because it doesn't Cobra. fit. Yeah, because it's, it's just Cobra. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a we get a cool establishing shot of the Skeksis castle, which is clearly a miniature. Yeah, but I, I love I'm a huge fan of, I ironically I'm a huge fan of miniatures. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I know the Lord of the Rings made great use of miniatures as well, and this movie is basically yeah. Lord of the Rings, although made before right. the live action Lord of the Rings. So yeah, true. Cool, cool establishing shots, cool miniature. Now, um, by miniature in the Lord of the Rings, are you referring to the Hobbits? That's just cruelized. <laughs> right? They, they used they used a little Elijah Wood and a little Sean Astin for the movie. <laughs> Those guys are honestly only uh, two foot six. It's yeah, a lot I mean, of apple boxes in their yeah, movies. You think Elijah Wood's like five four, but no, he's he's two six. I don't think he is. I think he's two six. I've I've met him. I have you now. <laughs> yeah. So we've got um, the prophecy is given to Jen that he's he's the chosen one because we have a we have a named chosen one in this movie. Oz yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't be a fantasy film without a chosen one. Jen Damon. <laughs> <laughs> the mystic says that when the three sons meet, the the Skeksis will remain in power forever. So he's we got to find this crystal shard from Agra and, and bring it to the Skeksis castle. That's basically the plot of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the Mystics' leader dies, fades away. There, there's a duel between two Skeksis. Uh-huh. I, I thought we were gonna have something big here. I was a little disappointed with how this played out. Uh, the trial by stone, they called it. They each right. It was it the, the Chamberlain and the General, two of the Skeksis. Yeah. They pick up these kind of these kind of cool like sword spear looking things. Yeah, it think, was cool. Yeah, and you think that they're gonna have this big like duel, and like one of them's gonna end up like getting run through. No, they use these things to chi- literally chip away at a stone. Yeah, and, yeah. It like was. It had every intention to build up to like a Thunderdome sequence, and it yeah, and it didn't. It was it was like the opening scene, or you know, like excavating in Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's like if the Karate Kid culminated with like how many ice blocks can you break? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's the finals of the All Valley Tournament. Yeah. <laughs> He got four. Let's see five and roll credits. <laughs> they have a they, yeah. The the finals of the All Valley Tournament turns into a uh, chopstick fly catching contest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a little over- underwhelmed by by this. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So basically, the general beats the chamberlain. Chamberlain's kind of mocking him, and the general just like ah, he just takes one big swing and cuts this stone to pieces and. 
They strip the Chamberlain of his robes and banish him from the Skeksis. For, for what? For losing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a jerk. I know. This, well, the Skeksis are jerks. They kind of established that early they on. They are. They're very, they're very, yeah, very lazy creatures as well. Oh, yeah. They're very, like, gluttonous. Yeah. I, I was reading, I think, so. in the trivia that they were actually, even though there's, like, nine or ten of them, they're kind of fashioned after the Seven Deadly Sins. I did read that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did, so like, and then, they're, like you said, there were just, like, two extra. Yeah. <laughs> they all had names. They all had names, too. Yeah, they yeah. If you look in like IMDb or Wikipedia, they're all there. It's not worth taking the time to mention here. No, but and even you know saw in the trivia as well. Like, if Jim Henson had full reign, or if he had full reign over this, it would have almost been just like undecipherable. Like he had created languages, and Mm -hmm. like it would have just been so like over the top that it it would have been like just impossible to follow. Um. You know, and especially when you're still trying to wrap your brain around, you're watching puppets. Like, you almost feel like Game of Thrones could get away with it because they're all human actors. And mm-hmm. but it's like ah, I don't know. Like the mouths don't match up to the words anyway. So what does it matter? <laughs> you know what what you're putting on screen. But yeah, it's uh, it, Henson had some ideas for this, yeah. and somebody talked him down. Yeah, probably probably for good reasons in that regard. Also Probably, similar yeah. to another movie with the seven deadly sins, seven, uh, seven. Yeah. No, no spo- spoiler alert here. Kira's head ends up in a box at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Jen is voiced by Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> and controversially, Actually, just... Kira was voiced by Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that if you, if you strip the, the audio from this movie and you lay the audio of seven underneath it, yeah. They line up perfectly. Completely. It's like Dark Side of the Moon was yeah, the exactly. Thing. You, you beat yeah. me to it. Yeah, yeah. they line up. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know how they happen. They happen to pull that off. I don't know, but but, but it it's, works. It's it's in total it's magic. Scene. Viewers, try it on your own. Just you, you right. on the third on the third lion roar. <laughs> right. Even though this isn't an, this is not it's an not MGM, MGM production, but, but just just hear me out. On the third lion roar, you, you hit play yeah. on both. Comment down below and let us know what you think of this works. <laughs> Quest Bueller's Day Off. That's right, right. A fish called Quest. Yeah, there you go. So the the Skeksis, the Skeksis, after they banish the Chamberlain and they strip him of his clothes, and kind of a creepy scene. Um, it they was. He, they hear uh, the crystal making noise. So they'll rush back into the crystal chamber, and right. and the crystal apparently again like the Lord of the Rings, they, the Seeing Stones. You can you can see, um, you could see things through the crystal, and they see yeah. Jen because they they thought they killed all the Gelfings. Because yeah, the prophecy, the prophecy says their prophecy says that a Gelfing will 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 like kill them and, and and finish off their kind, and so they see Jen, this surviving Gelfing, in the crystal, and they all panic. They send out the Garethim, which are like big beetles. Is that, awesome. is that an apt description? They, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have it. I have it later. Just big armored beetle soldiers. I mm-hmm. I thought they were so cool looking. Yeah, they are. The, yeah, these giant really... like like. Like bipedal beetles, that that yeah, really that cool. they sick on them. Also, like nor, like the Nazgul in the Lord of the Rings, kind of. So they kind of like go so, out yeah. and do the hunting and the dirty work and all that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, back to Jen, who started his quest 
and he's walking along the landscape. Again, we get some wide shots of, of people in suits. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Jen's uh, just kind of derping himself along. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. You, you get a lot of voice like like he's like like voice like voiceover narration. Yeah. He's kind of talking yeah, to himself of, so they so they can get away with the mouth not moving. Right. A lot of internal monologue and yeah. So he and a lot up, of just a lot just mm-hmm. a lot of wow. Huh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cl- complex dialogue in this movie. Well, and it's like and for all of like I feel like the Gelflings had like the least amount of detail in them. Like to to where like it's you have to add the the internal monologue because how do you make mm-hmm. like this how do you make it look excited or look worried? Like I just felt they were very plain faced. Yeah. Um I mean they look like deer is kinda like they, with they like, do, with, like yeah. with like bigger snouts. Right. Like wider I can snouts. See that, yeah. Yeah. And deer are not known for their expressive emotions. Mm-mm. No. That is th- that is not to say that the creatures didn't look cool. Oh but, no, they were yeah. cool. Yeah, but, I, they're not like sock puppets. Yeah, but again, <laughs> you can only emote so much. With, yeah. with these when you do this kind of, of work. Right, because because the, they are they're puppets. They're not they're not animatronics where you've yeah. got you know where you've got like a gizmo where you've got all these puppet masters controlling servos and things like that. These are it's one or two are, people controlling. Each yeah, creature. these are yeah. puppets. These are puppets. Yeah. So Jen gets captured by Agra, who is the mm-hmm. person he was sent to find because Agra has the secrets and has the shard and keep it secret, whole keep bag it safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whole bag of shards. Wonder how many like how many crystals out there missing a shard. <laughs> yeah, uh, she holds up her own eyeball and then pops it back into her head. So removable eye. Uh, yeah, I will say Agra, voiced by Billy Whitelaw Oz of the yeah. Omen fame. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, was she? She was the like the demon she, nanny, right? She, yeah, crazy, crazy nanny. one. Oh crazy yeah, nanny. Not not the hang herself nanny, but the me and the Dobermans will protect him at all costs. Yes. Nanny. Yes. N- not not the it's all for you, Damien. You're right. <laughs> but the attack, Gregory Peck. You know, <laughs> shrieking at the top of your lungs. Fight, fight to the death. Yes screwdriver to the neck yeah <laughs> listeners i apologize for my stupid dogs going nuts if you can hear them uh <laughs> it's it's part of the soundtrack uh mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's it's the garthim on the hunt right now yep yep <laughs> it is so agra and jen talk for a while he picks out the correct shard from her bag of shards which is exactly how it sounds <laughs> right uh, two then, of those were Supermans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> In case you didn't know that. <laughs> the best of all Superman movies. Oh, by far the best of the Superman yeah. movies. Can you name a be- can you name a better villain than Neutron Man? <laughs> I, I didn't even I didn't even remember his name. I remember his mullet though. Mm. He, had, he had a sweet blonde mullet. He did. Uh the Garth Cryer. The Garth, that's right, John Cryer. The Gartham then attack Agra's uh, base. Uh, yeah. Jen, es- Jen escapes by jumping through a glass window. Yeah, uh, like, the, basically she's got this, like, planetarium thing going yeah. on. You know? And he just, he just bails on her. Our hero bails on the one person that he's been sought to find. 
as <laughs> all these beetle soldiers attack, and he just like, see ya, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so he makes his escape. The Gartham capture Agra, and of all people, the Chamberlain is kind of waiting outside, and he watches all this happens. And what is the Chamberlain's response, Oz? Hmm. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta cut to you for all of those. I think your your Chamberlain noise is better than mine. I guess all he does. Hmm. Yeah, he does have other speaking roles, but it's that, that's really the only one that matters, right? The next day, Jen is walking uh, through this like very colorful swamp, and mm-hmm. c- comes across uh, Kira, another Gelfling or Gelfling. Ah. He's not. The, he's not the only one. No. Not Kira at all. and her pet meatball, uh, otherwise known as Fizzgig. Fizzgig, the screaming mm-hmm. monster. He had like two uh, rows of get... teeth. Like he opens his mouth yeah, wide he enough. He's got like double row, double teeth. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want to keep that as a pet. Mm-mm. No, like I just have to feed. Teeth. Yeah. Well, and it's like my dogs are downstairs barking right now. Can you imagine if Fizzgig had to go out? Oh yeah, <laughs> like... it just it just be sh- shrieking. Right, and I don't know. How do you enjoy an animal like Fizzgig? You don't. That's why you don't adopt You don't. Him. <laughs> right. That's why you put him in a hole. <laughs> That's where Kira keeps him. Uh, Jed and Kira get each other's backstories by touching hands, and they, they dream fast. Because so this is Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they basically are able to kind of like read each other's thoughts. Sort of like a, right. like a telepathy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Why not? Or whatever. Okay, cool an easy way for them to get to know each other without more exposition thankfully yeah uh we go we cut back to the skexies as uh, their slaves prepare dinner for them um a lot of belching belching kind of and, a, yeah yeah kind of a point a very pointless scene yes um but you know probably funny to a six or seven year old watching yeah, the movie cause, yeah because the six and seven year old burping's funny i suppose right even if it's yeah, vulture it's, vulture mutants doing it <laughs> creepy vulture mutants doing it <laughs> yeah it was just uh it, it was weird and it was weird they were eating like pepperoni and bubblegum pizza it was like, <laughs> you know uh they dark they cr- got- dark crystal was a was was a foundation for all things all things uh fantastic after this point <laughs> uh Ch- chucky e. cheese or showbiz pizza was one of my other considerations for uh for my that would have been a good one yeah <laughs> that would have been a good one so the Gartham drag a bag into the Skeksis, and they think it's Jen, but it's actually Agra. So they throw her right. in chains, and yeah, whatever, she's there. That yeah. that scene basically just serves that, yes, Agra's still alive, and she's there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jen and Kira are in a river singing. Jen's playing his, like, double flute. Right. The Skeksis have set out, like, these mm-hmm. bat creatures now. The crystal bats, whatever. Yeah, which, like... Whatever. <laughs> you know? Whatever they see, the Skeksis can see. Right. And they think they take one out, but it actually spotted them. Okay. It's like the flying meatball in Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, the, the big meatball. You're, With all the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Chamberlain shows up as well. Mm. Uh, Jen and Kira come, a, come across some ancient like ancient ruins or whatever that kind of have this writing you know this this ancient script on the wall and they're trying to figure it out and the chamberlain's like yeah that's there because we tried to kill all the gelflings because it's prophesized that a gelfling will take us out if we don't take all of them out first um 
the the Chamberlain is trying to be like, we need to show the Skeksis that like we're on the same side and we can live in harmony. And Kira Kira calls BS on that right away. Like, no, nah, no, nah, brah. <laughs> <laughs> so they run off. They leave. They leave the Chamberlain there. Uh, they get on the Landstriders, the aforementioned Landstriders, which are <laughs> kind of they kind of look like. Um, that cave creature from the beginning of the Empire Strikes Back, the one that almost eats yeah. Luke, just yeah. with, with like four poles for legs. Right. You take that and marry it to um, the wheelies, mm-hmm. like the wheelers from Return to Oz, yep. and that's what you've got here. And and coincidentally, this is the fastest part of the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they get on these land striders, uh, large creatures, part horse, part rabbit, part walrus whatever <laughs> have we met the podlings yet uh the podlings yeah yeah i skipped over that that's okay uh, yeah the the short version the podlings are these teeny tiny creatures that the took fraggles. In, uh kira yeah fraggles yeah and also i think they also inspired prince to write raspberry beret because <laughs> they that. all had on some kind of like red headwear like but yeah they're fraggles <laughs> they're all eating baguettes yeah yeah so they're there and they probably got the, uh, the guards of the company probably bought them at a secondhand store <laughs> <laughs> they they gather up the uh let's see the gartham show up and they gather up all these these what are podlings whatever in in a big yeah. sack yeah and they set yeah. off for them so Back at the Skeksis' lair, uh, they're trying to take the uh, the living essence from these podlings, which is kind mm-hmm. of a creep, kind of a creepy setup. They yeah, have there. Re- really, like you know, about this part forward, you know, continuing on, this is where it really kind of fits into our creepy movies for kids. Yeah, because everything up to this point's been pretty like quest okay. prophecy. You know, it's been fine, but there has you know, outside of just kind of the. Uh, the look of the Skeksis, nothing has been outwardly creepy or anything. Yeah, uh, but really, here is where things kind of start to, yeah, go you know so, get darker. Yeah, so the the Skeksis they strap one of these tiny podling people to a chair and they they basically like they expose it to the crystal, which like distills one's soul down into liquid. Yeah, which you which someone else drinks, and then is strengthened by your your distilled right. life essence yeah it's not blood it's just no. it's liquefied essence mm-hmm. i think it's like it's, it's like so, it's soul, i think it's soul glow it's soul glow a lot of electric <laughs> a lot of electrolytes <laughs> in, in distilled right. essence that's what it is soul glow <laughs> electrolytes like what plants crave <laughs> <laughs> Like from the toilet. <laughs> I love I love that movie. Idiocracy is what we're referencing right now, folks. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a yeah. favor. Oh yeah, and of course, Soul Glow comes from coming to America, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. which also predicted the downfall of of human intelligence as well. It did. I uh, recently watched the sequel to Coming to America called Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. It it. It was nostalgic at best. It wasn't a great sure. movie, but it was Eddie Murphy having fun. And like, 
everybody in the like everybody from the original cast was back um you know and and so that was playing all the same roles so eddie mm-hmm. murphy's got all these roles and arsenio's got all these roles it was fun like i i i enjoyed it i i, I wouldn't mark it up to like great filmmaking by any means but i was like this was a lot of fun like sure you you hit every beat of what was fun about the original and just brought it all back he scratched all the right itches and then add trade and then add tracy morgan and leslie jones on <laughs> top of it and and they they take it up a notch so yeah, it tra- was yeah tracy morgan to anything and it's gonna be better <laughs> Maybe i'll reach out and see if we can add tracy to this podcast would you accept him as as, as a third begrudgingly i would accept tracy, oh. tracy morgan <laughs> that would be fun i'll reach out and see see if i can get get it yeah, to happen yeah get in touch with his people we'll be right on mm-hmm. that i'll just so, tweet him there you go <laughs> comment down below if you think tracy morgan would be a good addition to this <laughs> questing to america <laughs> So Jed and Kira arrive at at the castle at, at the exact same time that the Garethim do. Yeah. Uh, Kira takes her land strider and like bowls into the uh, the Garethim. It at first kind of has takes the upper hand, but uh, that is turned very very quickly in a scene that yes. could have got graphic really fast as the Garethim oh, yeah. descend on one of these land striders who was kind of toppled over. Here uh, it turns out that Kira has wings. The Gartham yeah. are about to get um, Kira and Jen, and Kira grabs Jen and jumps off a cliff, and her wings emerge, and they float down below. And he, uh, oh, how, how do you have wings? Because I'm, I'm a girl. girl. I'm a girl. Right. <laughs> That's all the logic you're given there. Which I do Which, appreciate the simplicity of that. I do too. But it's also interesting to point out, like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kira's never seen another Gelfling either. Like, she's also kind of, like, the, I, I mean, this is one of those kind of mixed prophecy things where Jen has been led to believe that he's the last of the Gelflings, and mm-hmm. therefore the prophecy is about him, which just as easily could be about Kira, um, because both of them thought they were the last of the Gelflings. Yeah. So, I think she probably was taken from her Gelfling family a little later in, in life than he was, because she has more knowledge as to the differences between the Gelflings, and he sure. seems to be pretty, you know, ignorant to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he's being saved, like, well, instead of you know, yelling or screaming, <laughs> well, why do you have wings? <laughs> like, eh, oh, well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up sneaking in through, like, some some caves underneath the structure. Kind of like Thunderdome, in a way. Yeah, yeah it's like the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. They sneak in through the sewers. Uh, the Chamberlain is there. He's been tailing him the whole time. Hmm. And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jen stabs Chamberlain in the hand with the with the shard, so his hand is bleeding. So one of the mystic counterparts' hand starts bleeding because that's a right. thing. Right. Uh, Chamberlain knocks some rocks down on Jen and captures Kira. Uh, brings Kira upstairs uh, at the sight of this Gelfling. The other Skeksis freak out. Yeah, they do. Like, like, kill her right now. Kill her. A Gelfling is prophesized to take us out. You kill her right now. However, the general, the new emperor, says, first we got to take her life essence. So there's always yeah. a... It kind of turns into like a Bond movie for a little bit here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a monologue for a bit. Yeah. Before we kill the hero, we have to strap them to a machine. <laughs> and get their soul glow. Okay. 
So the scientist straps Kira to the same chair that the podling was in, and they start that whole process. They expose her to the crystal. Yeah, there (laughs) there it comes. There's the purple glow that's going to turn your soul into liquid. (laughs) Here here comes the soul glow. Um, (laughs) Agra, who's in the same room as Kira, notices that she has the gift of speaking to animals. (laughs) It's Dr. Doolittle. Exactly. (laughs) How Agra knows this... Yeah. I don't know. Intuition. One eyeball intuition. Who knows? It's women, women's intuition. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you Kira, and I wouldn't understand. No, it. We, that's why we don't understand. So they let the, uh, they, she, they let these, all these other captured creatures who are in this room out. All these creatures attack the scientist who falls down this gigantic shaft a la the Emperor and Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. falling to his doom. Yep. Uh, and as the scientist dies, another one of one of the mystics who are slowly moving towards the Skeksis right. castle just vanishes because again, one can't die without one its partner creature in the other race also dying. <laughs> yeah, he like he like just like you say, he just disappears, and there yep. the other just, mystics which... look at each other and just kind of go, oh, <laughs> yeah. They do this like throat singing. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll get a little bit more of that, I think, later on. But I hope so. Yeah, I, I know. So Jen <laughs> comes to, surrounded by Garthim. Uh, we get a cool shot, uh, a really, really cool shot down in the in these caves as Jen's kind of coming to. And you see that these purple eyes just kind of pop up in the dark behind him. And then mm-hmm. they kind of step out of the, the Garthim kind of step out of the shadow. So cool, cool little shot there. It, it was cool. Jen escapes through a hole in the wall and... Ends up in the same pit that the scientist Skeksis guy fell into, and he climbs up. Um, he ends up meeting uh, meeting Kira back up in this big, in the crystal chamber. So we're we're right. in the basically the the final scene here. So they're there. The three suns are converging. Oh, it's uh, close. Jen's, Jen's watching from the from the shadows. The sexy Skeksis spot them. They call in the Garethim. <laughs> the sexy Skeksis. The sexy Skeksis. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's my Freudian slip right there, folks. I do find the Skeksis attractive. Yeah, in kind of a vulture mutant kind of way. Yes, if you're into vulture mutants, so, this movie's so great. ugly. So ugly, they're cute. <laughs> so Jen jumps, escapes the Garethim by jumping directly onto the giant crystal, dropping the shard. Kira picks it up and throws it back to Jen as she is fatally stabbed. <laughs> right, they just. I this I won't say it came out of nowhere, but it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, they yeah. just she takes yeah. a knife to the back, like slat like sl- horror slasher movie esque. Yeah. As she's throwing the shard back to Jen, who then plunges it into the crystal just as the three sons uh, converge together. Uh, the the Gartham fall fall apart, which I think is kind of cool. So like at mm-hmm. as the shard is is reunited into its whole reunified, the Gartham just like crumble. They just fall apart, which is kind of cool to watch these giant beetle creatures just kind of like fall yeah. into themselves. Uh, the castle starts falling apart. The mystics have shown up. They gather around the crystal. They're filled with some white light, and they begin merging with their Skeksis counterparts. So that's mm-hmm. why the mystics were on the move this whole time. So it turns out, as uh, all along, that thousands of years ago, the mystics and the Skeksis were one creature. They were one yeah. species. And their um, their arrogance 
and splitting the crystal in the past is what also split these the species into two species. Uh, as a thank you, the, these creatures, the, the Skeksis uh, mystic hybrids, they right. revive Kira as she and Jen are part of each other. And they're now left with the Crystal of Truth, which also restores the land. And that, that our, our listeners, our loyal listeners, is 1982's The Dark Crystal. That made complete Just like sense, that. right? Right, everybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> made just as much, much sense to me explaining it as the film was. <laughs> I feel like Jen, Jen must have felt that, like, prophecies come with de- detailed instructions. Because there's a couple <laughs> points in there where it's like, well, this wasn't laid out on the prophecy. <laughs> like, <laughs> these things read like stereo instructions. Like, they come got, on, buddy. <laughs> they got the abridged version. <laughs> right. Who <laughs> Who gave me the cliff notes of this prophecy? <laughs> so at this point, folks, Oz and I will give our own unique rating to the film we've been talking about. In this case, 1982's The Dark Crystal. Oz, how would you rate The Dark Crystal? I'd give this uh, six sexy skexies. <laughs> six sexy skexies. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're butter faces, but they're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of personality. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of personality. And if, if it weren't if it weren't for the power they had, they. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, six sexy skexies. How about you? I'm going with three converging suns. Ooh, good that's one. my rating. Three converging suns. Good one. Good one. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, our next segment here, uh, listeners and viewers, is, is uh, outside insight. Where Oz, beep, and I, beep, beep. where Oz and I bring in a review we found from some external source, and we're just going to share it with you because it tickled our funny bone. Yeah. Oz, what is your outside insight? All right. Jamie from Letterboxd gives this five stars, and her review is, Kira does all the work, and my guy Jen is absolutely useless. LMAO, 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this gets a double rating from Jamie. Five stars and a 10 out of 10. It's kind of <laughs> like when, when uh, Michael Scott asked uh, you know Pam to keep track of the rankings to see who was going to be the next regional manager. <laughs> well, you've given Jim a gold star, Dwight, Dwight uh, a thumbs up, and, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, Jamie, nice review. Jamie's a big fan of this one. So how about you? What's your outside insight? Mine comes from Phil H. on IMDb. When this movie first came out in 1982, I was 13 years old and remember seeing it in the theater with friends. I loved it then and love it now. It remains one of the best fantasy films of all time, but only mm-hmm. because of the sheer effort given to it by the Henson Company. Only he could have made all this work. His genius is timeless. If only he were still alive to make more films like this and better. Our world is a dimmer place without Jim Henson. Six out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) The best fantasy movie of all time. One of the best fantasy movies of all time. Six out of ten. (laughs) Oh, I was wondering. I'm like, okay, and then yeah, I wasn't. I didn't see that six out of ten. Yeah, neither did I. I. I love how it's like the best fan, one of the best fantasy movies of all time, only because they worked really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, a, maybe a six and a half is as high as you could rate a fantasy movie. Six according out to, of ten. According to Phil H. 
Phil H. One of the best so. fantasy films of all time. <laughs> Six out of ten. Right. And Phil H. just doesn't like fantasy. <laughs> no. Just not a fan. <laughs> we close out this week with the three, two, one, where I said I each share three goods, two bads, and one huh about the flick we've been chatting about 1982's Frank Oz slash Jim Henson collab, the Derek Crystal. Oz, what are your three goods? Uh, first good. I, I just, I love the look of those armored beetle soldiers. Uh, they were just, they, they just, they looked different. Everything else obviously was puppeted and looked like a puppet. Um, these guys looked like they had like a, a shellacked hard shell. Like they looked Mm -hmm. the part. They were really cool looking. Uh, so I, I didn't even try to spell nor pronounce their name. You've been saying it all along and I still can't throw it out there. What are these things called? Like Garatham, I think. Garatham, there we who, go. Who, so, who knows anyway. if I'm pronouncing it right? Right. But. Anyway, the armored beetle soldiers are pretty cool. Uh, two, yeah. um, like uh, the South Park guys, Team America World Police, uh, which also it's completely puppeted. Um, mm-hmm. This this is a genre film before it's a puppet film. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And so I think that's really cool. Of you, if you, as you're watching it, uh, because the they are telling a story. I feel like if you're watching the Muppet movies, um, you're watching a puppet movie with humans in it. This gives this has a feel like this is a fantasy story. The storyline's kind of cool. It all lays out there pretty cool, um, you know. And and the fact that they did it all with puppets is is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, it's a genre film. Apparently. One of the best fantasy films ever made. Uh, <laughs> Six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Team America was the same way. Team America was was an action kind of Michael Bay blow them up blockbuster mm-hmm. type of movie. Happened to be done with puppets. So uh, I like that too. Is that it? It didn't get trapped in its puppeteer uh, visions. It it was a genre film first. Um, I promise I will never die. I'll never die. <laughs> <laughs> and then my third is. Just how nuts the 80s film industry was before before costs really skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really cool. Like, I haven't done it, uh, but, you know, I am interested in kind of looking at the whole, like, like just the, the growth and expansion of, of film from its early days through, you know, the double feature drive-in days, uh, you know, and then the advent of the home video, etc. You know, and, and how... All of these changing technologies impacted the way films are made. And the 80s was just nuts. Like, it, the, the costs of equipment were coming down. You know, film cameras weren't as expensive. Mm-hmm. Ideas were out there. You know, people were starting to have, you know, cameras at home. And so it really, you know, you really started to grow this um, not having to go to film school kind of feel. Uh, and the 80s film industry was just insane. Like, if you had an idea for a movie, we're making it. That's pretty much what it is. As long as it has, as long as that is Quest in the title, it's going to get made. Um, and so uh, that's my third good. It's just this film, this film was not going to be made in the 2000s. This film was not going to be made in the 2010s. Nope. This film wouldn't have been made in the 90s. This film wouldn't have been... Like, Team America almost didn't get made. Um, and And so... But I think a movie like this in the 80s, not a problem. You know, like, this had big money behind it. Um, and and it, I just feel like it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't the 80s. 
and so you and I both being, you know, growing up in that decade, mm -hmm. big fan of eighties film. And, uh, and there you go. Uh, so that's my three goods. How about you? My three goods, uh, I'll start off with the uh, the landscapes, the miniatures, the animation, all of those other things that kind of went into the production here outside of the, the puppets themselves and the characters. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm a big fan of miniatures done right. Mm -hmm. I was actually, of all, of all movies I was thinking about as I was watching this, it was another film we've talked about that had great use of miniatures, and that was Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. A Mini lot of great miniatures there. Miniatures done right you know, really add a sense of physicality to a film, mm -hmm. you know, where it's it's not animated, it's not CG, you know, there's a physical thing there, and there's, you know, you can always, as, as, as hard as animators try, you know, there's something to be said about a physical presence in a movie, and I thought they did really well with, against some of those other ancillary set pieces. Uh, I My second good would be the, the simplicity of the story. Um, yeah. It... It's, it's, <laughs> there's not a lot of exposition. It just kind of gets right to the point. Um, yeah. I, I, you could argue that the simplicity could also be a bad, which who knows, maybe that'll come up here in a moment, but uh, it, it doesn't waste a lot of time. It doesn't linger on a lot of things. There's a couple scenes right. in the middle that drag a little bit, but overall the simple storytelling, especially for this kind of genre film, um, I think is, is better suited. Uh, and my last good is the Chamberlain. The Chamberlain was just a really yeah. fun character. He was, he, he was fun. Yeah, just with his, mm. his stupid noises and yeah. and he clearly even annoyed the other Skeksis too, which I also oh, yeah. which I also found to be hysterical as well. And you know, clearly the uh, the villain trying to you know soften up the do gooders with with you know, talk of let's work together. Yeah, I know. Just made for kind of a fun villain. He so, he was our he was our uh, our Gollum Smeagol character yes. in a way. Yeah, just waiting for the right moment. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So we get uh, those are my three goods. Oz, what are your two bads? Uh, the pacing is is very slow, mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna chalk it up to just the effort to showcase the puppetry. Uh, I know I just said that this is a genre film before it's a puppet film, but still, when you're dealing with puppetry, um, it's I just think it's gonna take more time. I mean, you are you are physically controlling something that's moving as opposed to being the one that's moving. And so uh, I do feel that really there, there are times a lot of the pacing was it, I would say the movie drug on like it, it you know, the runtime was fine. It wasn't like a two hour, yeah. two and a half hour movie, um, you know, and, and the story was, like you said, very simple. But it, it just the pacing uh, in a lot of the scenes was just minimized because you could only make a puppet move so fast. Yeah. And uh, and so that's really where it all came from. Like I said, and I really didn't feel that uh, until they jumped on those like stilted running monster things. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, like almost feel like Henson, Henson himself was like, we got to speed this up, guys. So, Literally. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's my first bad. It was just the pacing. I mean, it wasn't slow enough to like put you to sleep, but it was yeah. enough that it was, you know, you, you got a vibe of like if you had human, if you played this movie with human actors instead, <laughs> um, it just it would have felt you know, a little speedier. Yeah. This wasn't Thunderdome uh, slow. No, this isn't Thunderdome <laughs> slow by any means. So, uh, my second is, uh, you know, the Skeksis are the big bads in the movie, but they were fairly harmless until like right at the end. Yeah. When they, like, they tried to, they were going to murder Fizzgig, um, you know, and he wasn't murdered. Like, just tossed him over the, over the edge. Mm -hmm. You know, just the blatant, like, 
like Brutus to Julius Caesar stabbing of Kira at the end, like, um, you know, it's it's almost like, yes, they're brutal creatures, but they haven't been brutal. You just showed us this kind of a pointless scene not too long ago of them eating and burping all over the place. Mm. You know, so, you know, are they are they lazy, slobby, you know, caricatures of evil? Or are they this, you know, we are going to rule at all costs kind of evil? And so yeah. just kind of that inability to pick a lane. Pick a lane, um, bad guys. With, with with the Skeksis, it's like I know you're making a kids movie, uh, but you are making an '80s kids movie, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so which is it going to be? Are you going to have them be, you know, oafish and dumb, or are they going to be menacing and violent? And uh, and so that was my second bad. It's just mm-hmm. the instability of the Skeksis mission, I suppose. Yeah. How about you? Uh, my first bad, I'm actually going to build off what you just said there and just go in a little more specificity that there was a very unnecessary scene of the Skeksis just kind of feasting and gorging and burping and belging. And, you know, it, you know, again, the, the, the movie didn't drag too much, but this is one scene that really, that re- it really did. It was yeah. completely unnecessary. The only, the only plot point that came out of it was to establish that, is that they had, the Gartham had captured Augur, which they could have done in a tenth of the time. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like okay, they're they're gross. They're gluttonous. Yeah, they, they, okay, they already look they already look gross. Like you didn't have to showcase it by eating. Yeah, like they're already gross looking creatures. Yeah, so just unnecessary. And yeah, you could have done that in a in a fraction of the time. Uh, right. My my other bad is Fizzgig. I oh, yeah. I I've never been a fan of, and I'm sure I'll put my foot in my mouth in this at some point. But I'm typically not a fan of. Like the like the character that's that's basically supposed to be a dog, just to yeah. kind of kid friendly something up, and that's what Fizzgig is. He's he's like the the man's best friend kind of character here. You know the, the what the about loyal... what about Barf? <laughs> well, he's a mog, so that's true. I only, so I only half don't like him. Yeah, that's but... <laughs> true. He's his own best friend. He's only half necessary, half unnecessary. Right. But again, just try to kid friendly up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, she has a pet that follows her around. Oh, it's cute. Oh, it has sharp teeth. Oh, that fizz gig. Oh, hoo, 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 that fizz gig. Exactly. Unnecessary. Would you put would, would you put Ewoks in that category? Sure. I think Ewoks are close enough to. I that. mean, obviously they're not like the pet variety, but they are there to cute things up. Yeah. Again, it, movies are guilty that books, comic books, oh, cartoons. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah, that's, you don't need it. You can be a kids movie without having like the friendly dog just chasing everybody yeah. around. So, right. Sorry, Fizzgig, you didn't make my cut. Yeah, sorry, uh, Fizz. Uh, what's your huh? Um, what exactly did the Skeksis have control over? <laughs> like they're in power, but we see this like long, elaborate journey, not only of gens, but the mystics as they're traipsing through the land, like. There, we see no, like, we see Agra and Kira. Those are the only mm-hmm. two characters that were not established in one location or the other. Yeah. They weren't with the Mystics, they weren't with the Skeksis. So, what exactly do the, are the Skeksis in control of? Like, there, we're not seeing any other civilizations, we're not seeing mm-hmm. any industry. We just have a castle with the vulture grossness and the Mystics that you know, live on Tatooine or wherever. Um, and so I just, what did they, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't understand. Like 
They're in control, and they will maintain that control when the three suns convert. Like control over what? Yeah, the the fauna. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. That was my ha. Huh. It's like, yeah. what yeah, are the, we? What are we trying to be victors over? Like, yeah, they, they weren't exactly demonstrating their their winnings at any point. No, and there wasn't any. I mean, like I said, we saw Jen traipse through all of this land, and we saw the Mystics traipse all across this land. What was there to be so proud to be in control of? It's like being the governor of West Virginia. Like, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> you have the lesser Virginia. <laughs> right. So, and if you're a listener in West Virginia, comment below and let us know how it feels to, <laughs> to be the lesser Virginia. <laughs> right. So, and that's my hunch. Just I didn't understand what all the fuss was over. There wasn't much to control to begin with. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. My ha, huh? I got a couple here. I'll go with. Uh, I didn't know that when life essence was distilled, it turned into liquid, mm-hmm. and that you could drink it. It's urine. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> you're, <laughs> I just, think so. you're just draining the pee out of someone and then drinking that person's yep. pee. Or you pee your entire life and then you die. Yeah. So <laughs> truer words have never been spoken, my friend. It's, it's science. Yeah. Whatever you guys have learned, it's. I, don't ask your doctor. Because they're paid to tell you something. Yeah, we do this for free. <laughs> it's all a scam. We're handing out. We're handing out the knowledge. You can't trust the American healthcare industry. No. doctors are part of the American healthcare industry. So no, don't ask your doctor what urine really is. It is not the the ability to pass through. Uh, you know, different you know salt and chemicals that our body longer needs. No, it's you have you have a finite amount of urine, and once you pee it all out, you die. That's it. That's how life works, folks. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually a plot by the Freemasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they're it the is. only ones who know. They're the they're the people behind the the curtain, a la Wizard it's of the, Oz. It's the Illuminati. Yeah. Where do you think and our not, pee, where do you think <laughs> our by Illuminati? Right. <laughs> when we flush it down the toilet, it mm-hmm. goes to the Freemasons. Yeah. And who think about this? What is the largest beverage you know company in the world? Coca-Cola, who owns Minute Maid Lemonade. Hmm. Where do you think lemonade comes from? It's our life essence. Yeah. Milk, but, milk, lemonade. But the, but the Freemasons take the good urine, mm-hmm. and they trick us with lemon with lemonade. Because they're the Skeksis in this mm-hmm. analogy. Yeah. So, facts heard it here first. So yeah. And if you don't, so, and if you don't, if this is the last time you see us, even more proof that it's true. Yeah. So the lesson here is. Drink as much urine as you can, mm-hmm. and your life essence will be extended. If you need a tutorial on how to do it safely, watch Kevin Costner's Waterworld, mm-hmm. and you will learn everything you need to know. Kevin, from... Co- Kevin Costner's documentary, Waterworld. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a futuristic documentary mm-hmm. sent back from the future. It's what we look like if we don't protect ourselves. Yeah. Climate change. We're Illuminati. Sp- we're supposed to have gills behind our ears. That's when you mm-hmm. drink that much urine, you can breathe underwater. Think about it. How much have all animals on life on on Earth evolved over time, and how much have we evolved? When was the last time you evolved, Curtis? It's been years. It's been years since I've yeah. evolved. I never have. So, and you know what? When I look at pictures of my ancestors, they also look like humans. You know. So, science and facts. Drink it's as much. Quest, drink it's as a quest much. for truth. 
Drink all the pee you can. Yours, others. It'll keep you healthy, keep you vibrant. Why do, why do you think the man tells you don't eat yellow snow? It's because he wants it for himself. Save, trying to save that life essence. Eat yellow snow, people. Yeah. Eat yellow snow. As much as you can. And Consume once you it pee all. it all out, you're gone. So you got to keep, re- yep. you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Urine, Stop, drop, and roll. Yep. Stop, drop, and roll. Oz, what a truth, <laughs> truth and facts. <laughs> what do we got next week for our listeners and viewers, Oz? Next week we have another documentary uh, <laughs> called Monster House. Uh, <laughs> I think PBS produced this one. It's the truth. Yeah, it is. It's the truth of what happens when parents leave their kids home alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, next week we we are actually covering Monster House. <laughs> a uh, it's a fun film. Yeah. About a uh, monstrous house and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so Equally horrible. And Maggie Gyllenhaal. They make voice cameos. So it is a fun movie. I saw this at a Entertainment Weekly uh, sneak peek kind of thing back when I lived up, uh, you know, around the city. Um, and I think you were unavailable at that time. Mm-hmm. I got two tickets. And I remember, I think I offered it to you. You were busy, so I took uh, Becca. Mm -hmm. And we went and saw Monster House in 3D a couple of weeks before it was released in theaters. And in 3D, it was actually pretty creepy. Um, I, because of my uh, vision issues, I have glasses. Um, Because of my vision issues, I can't really pick up on 3D. But for some reason, this one, I could. And uh, it, it was. It was creepy. It's a good movie. My kids love it. My wife loves it. It'd be a nice family film. Monster House. Monster House. So that's what we have for everybody next week on week three of Creepy Kids and Movies Month. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need you to do us a favor. We need you to like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, we need you to tell everybody you need to leave a review. All that stuff you're supposed to do um, because you haven't been doing it. I don't know how often we need to tell you guys. If you're making it to this far in the show, which I don't know how many of you are, um, I think most of you listen to us for the movie marriage, and then we introduce the movie, and you thought, I don't want to listen to that, and then you turn it <laughs> off. But if you've made it this far, not only have you picked up some, some amazing scientific facts and mm-hmm. truths about life, um, but we also need you to repay us by liking what we do. Comment, subscribe, all that stuff below. You can find us on social media. Um, and you can find us on your favorite podcast apps, and you can watch us on YouTube. You can see how badly sunburned I am, uh, <laughs> uh, and all that fun stuff. So, the Dark Crystal. Uh, I like I told you pre-show, it was a fine movie. I think it became a first watch for me too late in life. Yeah, uh, this was my first time viewing at forty-two years old. I know, don't look a day over forty-one, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, uh, but no, I think it, this would have been, I think, really magical had I watched it as a youth. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Labyrinth, um, and I think this would have been a great double feature. But it just it came on too late in life. I absolutely have all the respect in the world for the amount of effort and, and um, expertise that went into making this movie. It just it, I'm not that target demographic yeah. at my age, but I do respect what the movie is. Yeah. And I, I think... But I think I like the idea of the Dark Crystal mm-hmm. better than I like the Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, with that, uh, I do. I think I think it's a fun movie. 
but like I told you earlier, not one that I'm probably going to find myself watching again unless I'm introducing it to my kids sure. or something like that. It's not going to, you know, whereas like Flash Gordon, I could watch that every week and be just fine with it. And it's far worse movie than this. Um, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Sam Jones. So. <laughs> and Max von Sydow. All right, you want to take us out with Oz? Oh, yeah. So, well, for Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. And we will see you guys next week. Take care.